everybody welcome back to street wisdom our effort to translate wisdom to street level application and i am your host priya sachdev and this time i'm not just here by myself but i have a guest with me on the podcast rich blakeman i am so excited to have you join me today rich and i'm just going to take a couple of seconds to introduce you and then hand it over to you uh, i have known rich for a while now what about since 15 15 years something like that yeah something like that and i can tell you a seasoned sales leader an experienced consultant an expert in channel strategy we've all learned it from him he's the guru there a fitness enthusiast um and uh, an amazing human being and a great friend and the fact that we are still in touch and we keep talking <laughs> is absolutely his initiative very often to nudge me to say where are you and what you're doing so thank you for joining me rich Priya I couldn't be happier that you reached out to ask and uh I'm looking forward to the conversation we will kill it Absolutely and so today we are talking about what do you worry more about artificial intelligence or human stupidity So Rich I'm going to hand this over to you you've been in the tech world through your career literally tell us a little more about your perspective of how you've seen technology transition over the decades well first i have to tell you i almost didn't come on the podcast with this title about what am i more afraid of because <laughs> as you know there is virtually nothing on or out of this world that i'm afraid of So I'm not afraid of either of those things. So I I'm not going to talk about anything in a context of of fear. Um <laughs> but I I think back uh I got into tech in 1977. Wow. Which uh you know there there are people who say you know that's that's back in the Mesozoic era of <laughs> yes. dinosaurs. Um but in uh in reality tech for sales didn't come about until the mid to late 80s. Okay? And tech for sales for a very long time was only about recording data. um sales call reporting um activity reporting funnel reporting all for the sake of management activity yeah uh roll up and it really had very little to do with selling and had very little to do with productivity true and I've spent time in the AI for sales industry lately and what's happened and the change uh doesn't have a lot to do with sort of this 
fear of, you know, is AI going to replace salespeople or are, are buyers going to replace salespeople because of the information available on the internet? None of those things are true. Okay. AI, in the way it's coming out today, whether it's AI played out in marketing applications that drive opportunity generation, demand gen, Mm -hmm. whether it's AI to um, help with predicting what's going to happen in the future. My view is that it's all about activity, Mm. not about people. So AI can focus on activities in our selling world Mm -hmm. and make a decision. Management companies can make a decision as to which activities are best done through AI-driven software. And if they're done by AI-driven software, then it frees the salesperson up to do higher value activities that they not only like to do better than they like to do the lower level tedious activities. Yeah. They're more likely to do them and they do the the higher level activities better and it gives them a higher return on investment, both personally and professionally because that's where they belong. Yeah. And it's not it's not AI replacing them. It's segmenting their activities in the selling process as to what can be done by AI and what can be done by the salesperson. Yeah. And I think that is such an important point you make there Rich for sellers and their managers to understand this that technology is there to augment what we do. And this has happened always, right? Every time we bring in technology, we move ourselves up in the value chain. So it's not that the technology takes over what we do, but we learn new skills and get better at doing what we were doing. So I remember looking at data when we did the time and motion study which said that a seller spends only 36% of their time in customer conversations. And I think that's where if we bring in technology, maybe we can increase that 36% time to, I don't know, about 45, 50, whatever it is, and get better return of their time rather than them doing the tedium task, which can be done by technology. And and augment's a really important word, Priya, because Mm -hmm. it's not just augmenting by offloading tedious tasks. There are some high-value tasks that can be done at a much higher rate of speed. Let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's say that you're a salesperson with... 4,000 LinkedIn connections. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to reach out personally 
to find individuals who could introduce you personally to people you're trying to reach. Maybe it's in an ABM key account kind of outreach and you're trying to meet more new relationships inside of larger accounts. A computer with AI is much better suited to wander through your first level network at 4,000 mm. and your second level network, the people that they know personally at 4 million and find the connections that you want to find than you are at going and trying to do that work yourself. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And yet the outcome of that is incredibly valuable to you because if you can use that data to go and get introductions, warm introductions from someone that the target you're trying to reach knows personally, mm -hmm. then your odds of getting an appointment with that person compared to AI email outreach, AI LinkedIn outreach, cold calls, other things that people might do to try and get that same introduction, 25, 30 to one. Yeah, absolutely. And so while we, we understand that, that we can use technology to augment, we also see a lot of times where because technology is available, at least I can tell you, I've coached to this many times. A lot of sellers use the tools as an excuse not to do the basic sales behavior we've taught sellers to do, like research your customer before you send them a message or have a context to what you're saying before you do an outreach. But because they are relying to the system or the tool to do that for them, now they've not invested enough time in understanding what does that company do? How long was that person in that role? Or, you know, just some of the basic research we've taught them. Have you observed any of that? Or what are your comments on the behavioral paths of what a seller needs to do? So I'm not going to blame the salesperson for that circumstance mm -hmm. until I'm sure that since what we're talking about is activities and we know one thing about selling, we cannot coach for results. Mm -hmm. We cannot manage results. Absolutely. We can only manage behaviors and activities. So if that's true, then that means that this should be a fruitful field for a first line manager to coach in. Hmm. And if a salesperson is too reliant on technology and not doing the elevated level job that they now have the capability to do and the time to do, then shame on that manager 
for not being able to coach them well. Yeah. To coach them in that direction, rather than every time they sit down to have a coaching meeting, they coach to the funnel. And they coach to opportunities. Yeah. Instead of coaching to activities. Absolutely. Coaching to behaviors. Yeah. If you get, if you, if you have solid sound coaching to activities and behaviors this kind of problem not only goes away mm-hmm. it enhances the opportunity for the manager to help the salesperson and sure left to themselves you're going to have all kinds of variation yeah absolutely and i think this is where it's very important as we are building the sales tech stack in an organization. And I think this is where sales enablement plays a big role. And it may not be a separate function or it may not be a, a person holding the sales enablement role. It could be just the sales leader doing that role. But I think this is where sales enablement becomes important to understand what is the technology we are bringing in And hence, what are the dashboards we are looking at where we can then coach the sellers for not just doing the job faster, but also doing it better. So that, you know, balance between efficiency and effectiveness and both need to happen. Well, we said this was going to be street level, right, Priya? Yeah. So I'm just going to give you my gut level observation Mm -hmm. from many, many, many clients. Uh, Three words that you said trigger me down to the core of street level. Mm -hmm. Sales, tech, stack. the existence of such a thing uh, causes many companies that I've worked with and observed to be in a race (laughs) as to who's got the best and the most Hmm. and not have any strategy and not have any practical application for how a bunch of tools are really going to improve end results other than we win the gold trophy for we have the best sales tech stack. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure how we got there other than through the software companies that continue to build more and therefore sell more SaaS applications and make them very pretty. Um, but I think the sales tech stack uh, has a risk of becoming the death of effective <laughs> sales behavior. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And this is where I keep saying that, you know, there is there is certainly a part of sales which follows a linear flow and works on the laws of averages. 
but we do know that there is such a big human element to sales that um, no way a bot sitting on my website can replace my seller. And if it is doing so, then I need to look at what is what is the kind of seller I require to engage with my customer? Are we being as transactional as that, that a bot can answer the questions and I can build every question that my customer asks in a fact manual, which the bot can pick from? I, well, I, I'm lost with that conversation many a times myself as well. It depends on who's running that approach. Um, we have a lot of product-driven companies. Mm. Yeah. And product-driven companies, uh, product leaders believe that the product will sell itself <laughs> if people can just understand what the benefits of the product are and what the product's capabilities are and what its differentiation is, and those kinds of things could commu get communicated by a chatbot and an appropriately built out uh, website. Mm -hmm. um, it also depends on, God forbid, how your buyer buys yeah. and what their buying process is. I realize it's popular to call it a buyer's journey, it's just how they buy. How do they go about buying? Yeah. And where do they expect value to be added? And, and quite honestly, the reason that they can get 65 or 70% through their buying process without engaging a salesperson is that they've found that salespeople have not provided as much value. Yeah as they should. And so they don't think they need them until it's time to place an order. And that's this back to this benefit of, for using AI to take care of tasks that are at one level. And if people are doing tasks that are higher value, then higher value people ought to be able to move earlier in the selling cycle and provide more differentiation. Maybe even the salesperson can be the differentiation. Yeah. True. Not just provide it. Yeah. And do that earlier in the selling cycle and make a real difference in why the client wants to change. Yeah. Um, but abs absent that kind of thinking, um, then you're going to continue to see more bots in the corner of a sales of a web page uh, trying to sell something. Yeah, and I think that I'm not I'm not selling against having bots on websites. I really think they're really cool, uh, specifically because they can respond to a market segment that is the bonus for me, right? So when I'm doing my business planning. If I think about my outreach, there is only so much that I can engage with, right? There will still be a market that may want to come to me, 
and i don't mind getting that business just that my cost of sales doesn't allow me to put a person behind that sale and sure. there, that is the one that i would say sure let the bot handle it but it cannot be without a strategic intent to it to say all right which are our market segments so the market mapping we used to do right which markets are our people going to go after what markets are is the channel going to go after what markets are going to be addressed by the bot or any other kind of technology that they may have built to engage with their customers so so this sort of kind of makes obvious a question you and I were talking about recently. This question about, you know, are, are you worried about computers taking over? Are you worried about human stupidity driving down to the lowest common denominator? Um, I, I, I'm not particularly worried about either uh, un, unless, there's just no thought behind action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If if there's conscious planned thought behind whatever action and strategy is in place, then I'm not worried about either automation having too much play or you know, you know as you say, human stupidity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I absolutely worry. I worry more about, and I'm not calling any specific person stupid here, but I just generally worry about our reliance on tools and technology without what you said, that intentional strategic thinking. And I think if, if we were to just sum up uh, a couple of points that we just discussed. I think there were some really great points you made there, Rich, that, you know, focus on the activities. There are activities which are um, better done by AI because it can be done faster and more efficiently. And it makes sense to let technology do the magic where the magic works. Um, also, the fact that for the managers to know that are we coaching to behaviors and activities or are we coaching to outcomes? Because very often we are still falling back on those same discussions. When is this going to close? How much is it worth? And we know that's, that's a trap. And it's a trap because we can't control the outcome. We can control the activity we do. We can control the experience we create. And that's what people should be coaching towards. And I think I, I love the point that you made on the sales technology stack where there is a race for the best and the most technologies any organization is using. And I think being conscious and being intentional in bringing in technology and ensuring that everybody in the sales organization understands what's the role of technology and what's my role there could help get a balance and clarity there 
where we can still use AI to augment what we do and maybe make AI do all the jobs we've hated to do in the past as sellers. I love using AI to mine my database and tell me who are the 10 people I should be calling. It's, just... it's, uh, it's, it's efficient and it's effective. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want my AI to tell me that it's time to talk to Priya again. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes want... it's a good reminder though. <laughs> sometimes it's a good reminder. Yeah. Yeah, keeping it top of the mind recall. It's not a bad thing to have that reminder come up as well. Priya, I'm really pleased that uh, you reached out to me and we were able to have this conversation today. And, and uh, I hope that others uh, get some value from it. Yes, I am sure they will. And before we go, one, one last question for you. Because we've been talking about sales and we are talking about street wisdom. Um, any example of sales that stands out to you from someone who is in a non-sales role? Like it could be anywhere, any part and dimension of life, doesn't have to be in an organization, but somebody's sales behavior that stood out to you. Well, a, a lot of sales success lies in the buyer seeing, feeling, hearing, sensing credibility. Mm -hmm. And even though I just made a comment about a product-driven company, mm -hmm. um, one of the most effective salespeople I know um, is a guy who grew up basically did a little bit of selling, but grew up through the technical side of the house and um, is the SVP of products for his company. Okay. And when he goes into a sales meeting along with the SVP of sales or the CRO or whoever, the head of sales can be credible about what they know about the prospect, mm -hmm. about the industry, about all the conversations they've had. But when it comes to the fact that sales always implies that a client's going to make a change. Yeah, true. Then the client at the end of the day needs to know, so what's this change really going to be like? Hmm. How hard is it going to be how successful can you be in ensuring that if we make this change with you, we're going to be successful at it in three years, we're not going to be trying to make the same change again, like companies who have had four CRMs in their life. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, 
this guy specifically, because of his ability to relate to clients as the head of product Mm. has always been able to make clients completely comfortable not only that this is the right product to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish but that besides that we've got you yeah and we've done this Mm -hmm. and we know how to do it we've done it for companies like yours and can give seven stories mm. from a from from a client's perspective about what's it like to go through this change process with the solution that they're selling and it doesn't matter whether a sales leader can do that or not the client sees it differently mm. coming out of the mouth of a product leader absolutely that's a great example um and I think this is where that uh, transition that we've seen that more techno-commercial leaders coming out there um, in organizations today where they understand the product or the technical side of it. And now they also understand the customer interface and the customer engagement. And they are able to have a more holistic conversation, if I can call it there, rather than just trying to make a pitch and just trying to talk about the product, which has kind of been a divide if you have the technical team come in as a subject matter expert to sometimes just present stuff. So I think that's such a great example. Thanks for sharing that with us, Rich. Sure. Yeah. And thank you so much for joining us. And I'm sure we are going to catch up again on another conversation, another topic, maybe sometime again soon. But thank you so much for your time. And we'll be back with more on Street Wisdom. Street Wisdom.